Good morning, family. It had been 42 generations since the promise and the prophecy of God was pronounced that a Savior was coming into the world. Mary, in our passage today, a young lady, Jewish young lady, in this city called Nazareth, or in the region, rather, of Galilee, had been handpicked by God to bring in the Savior of the world. This passage, or this season, we fondly call in the church the Advent season. Advent simply means coming. It's the season where we celebrate the coming of the King. And in the next few weeks, as we study as a family, we're going to be looking at what that Advent means in our lives personally. What does it mean for the coming of the king to be alive in your hearts, in your minds, and in your souls as the children of God? Today, as we talk about this, this passage or this thought, our title is The Divine Encounter with God. And there's three things I like to examine today in this passage. I want to look at a divine change, a divine challenge, and a divine charge. In verse 18, as Pastor John read for us, the Bible says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed or engaged to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Beloved, when we arrive at this first portion of our story on today, we get to see Matthew explain what happened in the life of Mary after she'd gotten pregnated by the Holy Spirit. And what happened in Mary's life is that a divine change had occurred. See, secondly, we notice in the passage that Mary's plans for her own life got disrupted when God decided to come down and take up residence inside of her. This text is revealing to you and I that when God moved into her life, a divine change had to happen. Mary had been chosen to participate in God's mission for humanity on the earth. The third thing I notice in this text is that it's teaching you and I that this divine change in Mary's life, it put her into what I might call is a difficult predicament. You see, in those days, if you were engaged to a person, that engagement could not be broken except by a divorce. And it was more serious than our engagements for today. Our engagements today are much like test periods to see if we really want to live with him or her for the rest of our life. But back then, when you got engaged, it was just as serious as the marriage vows themselves. So when we look at this text and we see that it reads that it happened that after she was found with child of the Holy Spirit, she was engaged. What it's wanting you to know is that there was some difficulty there. You see, according to Deuteronomy 22, 
in verses 23 and 24, if a young woman or a man were engaged to each other and one of them cheated in the relationship or one uh, got pregnated or created adultery, they could lose their lives. It's, you should read that passage if you get a chance. Deuteronomy 22, 23, 24. They were told to take them outside of the city and stone them. The community had the right to do this. So when Mary miraculously gets pregnant, this divine change that comes to her life is a powerful one. Not only does God enter her, which is awesome, and not only does God choose her, which is exciting, but it also puts her life in danger. It turns her world upside down. See, everything about Mary's life, what she had planned for her own marriage and her own future, now would change. Not only that, as a teenager, she would be pregnant and now have to try to explain how this happened. Now, all this, again, is wonderful, but you know what I noticed? It puts Mary in a class all by herself. None of her classmates could say, they had just received the spirit of God and now they're carrying God's baby. None of her classmates could say that God chose them to carry the savior of the world. She had it good and she had it bad all at the same time. She was both a parent and a teenager at the same time. She was both fallen and chosen, handpicked by God in a world to bring in her savior, that was going to die for her sins. When I look at Mary, beloved, I see a picture of what it looks like to be Christian today in our world. See, when the Holy Spirit comes to live in us, we too become just like her in many ways. Just like Mary, we go from being ordinary sinners to now sinners saved by a holy God. Just like Mary, we go from being a nobody to people now filled by the God of the universe. When God enters and changes our lives, beloved, a change must come. And while it's good to be God's chosen servants, I notice there is always a cost when it comes to following Jesus. In fact, the New Testament is very clear, beloved. If any man, any woman, any boy, any girl will come after me, they must take up their cross, the Bible says, and follow me. That means there's a change that has to occur in our lives. Funny story is told about a man who was in pretty bad shape, uh, Elder Ken. He went to see his doctor to check out his health situation. The doctor said, brother, you are messed up. You need to make some changes in your life. First thing I want to tell you what to do is go home and tell your wife to help you now cook more nutritious meals. Number two, stop working yourself like a dog. And then number three, also inform your wife you're going to have to make a budget, and you're going to need her to help you stick to it. And number four, ask her if she'll keep the kids off your back a little while so you can relax. And then number five, unless there's some changes like this in your life, son, you're going to be dead in a month. So the sad brother told to the doctor, he said, Doc, I appreciate this, but could you please call my wife and give her these instructions? When he got home, his wife rushed to the door. Oh, honey, I'm so sorry. Your doctor called, and he told me, you only got 30 days to leave. 
did you catch it? There's a cost and a sacrifice. But if this patient was going to live, there was going to have to be a change to be made. Can I tell you today, if you're going to live in Christ, there's a change that must occur. There's a change that must happen. We've looked at a divine change. Let's look now at a divine challenge. In verse 19, the Bible says this. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. Beloved, when you come to this portion of the story, after God enters Mary's life, things become a challenge for Joseph. I want you to catch that. See, when God entered Mary's life, Joseph's plans had now changed. When God enters Mary's life, Joseph's firstborn will no longer be his firstborn. When God enters Mary's life, Joseph's fiance, Mary, right, has mysteriously come up pregnant, and he was not the daddy. And because of this challenge, he would have to face the men in the community who would have things to say about this mysterious pregnancy. See, the Jewish community, again, as I mentioned earlier, had laws. Laws that permitted the fiancé to divorce a woman if she did this to her. And unfortunately, the women didn't have that same right back then. And the ladies say, hmm, that ain't right. Yeah, that was the text. That was their culture. But something interesting about this story today is silent in a certain area. See, it doesn't tell us what Joseph's actually feelings were. It gives us a little indicator. But I can't help but wonder, I bet Joseph's pride and his manhood was in harm's way. See, according to the passage, Joseph had to deal with this situation because it was known publicly that Mary was his girl. She was to be married to him. And now she was mysteriously pregnant by someone else. Brothers, imagine this. Your fiance telling you she's pregnant. And God is the daddy. How would you handle that? You never heard or seen God do this in the neighborhood before. None of your partners are stepdaddies to God. Come on, talk to me. This is a challenge. And Joseph didn't ask to be brought in on God's plan. The Bible says this bothered Joseph. But instead of doing harm to Mary... He was a just man. He was righteous in his actions. And so what he was going to do was just secretly take her away and divorce her. Here it is. Joseph's world had changed. And now he had a challenge on his hands. And all of this happened because God came down. When God, the Holy Spirit, invades our lives, beloved, crazy challenges happen. Can I get an amen right there? And just like Joseph, sometimes God places you and I in hard situations. Sometimes 
God places us in trials that are heartbreaking. Sometimes, Elder Cho, he is working out things you and I could never explain. Sometimes, Elder Han, he creates the disappointment that we must endure on earth. Sometimes, yes, God desires to do something through us we are never prepared to endure. Why, you ask? Well, so he can reveal his greater plan for our lives. Once again, hear me say this. Joseph didn't ask to be chosen for this, but God could trust him. And so God is inviting him to experience what God is doing in the earth. Joseph did not ask to be the caretaker of this divine responsibility, but God gave it to him anyway. Joseph didn't ask to be dragged into God's universal plans, but God brought him in anyway. You know what I like about this passage? It tells me and reveals to me just how big God is. God does not ask Angelus if it's okay to turn his world upside down. God does not ask me, do you mind if I invade your plans? Do you mind if I change the trajectory of where you thought your life should go? God does not ask permission here. He is working in the earth. It's going to be a blessing to Joseph, but he's not feeling pretty blessed right now. What a powerful text. What a powerful reminder. God doesn't need my permission to do what he's doing in the earth. He's God. But if he invites me to join him in what he's doing, that's more than I deserve. And a man goes right there. All I'm trying to say, beloved, is when God came down, a challenge for Joseph had to come. Let me show you something today. If you are a Joseph and you're online and you're on land this morning, God has a plan for your life. If you are Joseph and you're here today, God wants to work supernaturally, even in your disappointment. If you are Joseph today, God is not being unfair to you because he's putting you through something. He's simply working to create in you Christian character that will be second to none. Dr. Charles Swindoll, one of my favorite preachers and Arthur, he wrote a book called Living Beyond Mediocrity. And he says, what the world needs now is believers who can live up to the challenge of being godly people. I want to twist that today and just say, what the world needs now, since I'm talking about Joseph, is men like Joseph who can live up to being righteous in difficult situations. I need you to lean in here, brothers. I want to talk to you this morning. Brothers, we need men who cannot be bought. We need men whose word is their bond. We need men who put character above wealth. We need men who possess opinions and a will. We need men who are larger than their vocations. Brother Norm, we need men who do not hesitate to take chances. We need men who will not lose their individuality 
in a crowd. We need men who will be honest in small things and in great things. Brother Josh, we need men who will not make compromise, or rather, we need men who will make, there it is, no compromise with wrong. We need men whose ambitions are not confined to their own selfish desires. We need men who will not say they do it because everybody else does it. We need men who are true to their friends through good report and evil report in adversity as well as in prosperity. Two more and I'm coming down. We need men who do not believe that shrewdness, cunning, and hard-headedness are the best qualities for winning success. We need men who are not ashamed or afraid to stand for the truth when it's unpopular. We need men who can say with emphasis, though the world say yes, I'm willing to say no. I like that right there. Let me add one more thing to Swindoll's words. We need men who can embrace the challenge that God gives to us so that we can join him. And what he's doing in the earth. And that's what he was doing to Joseph. He was trying to change the character of a man who he was going to use in the earth to fulfill the promises of God. God's divine plan was to save you and I. And he didn't give Joseph to any old father. We've looked at the divine change and the divine challenge. Let me turn the light on now and show you the divine charge. The Bible says in verse 20, but while Joseph thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit wow what a beautiful verse beloved when we arrive at this last portion of the text you and I get to see that Joseph first of all was in deep thought the Bible teaches us thinking about these things he was meditating hard on them Uh, uh, if this was the word he uses in Luke Mary pondered Joseph is kind of pondering here. It it means it's written in the air as tense, which means it's repetitive. He keeps doing it and doing it and doing it. He couldn't get it off his mind. His his girl was pregnant and he wasn't the daddy. He he was struggling with this as a man. What does this mean for me? As he thought on these things, the Bible says that the Lord had to send him an angel to give him divine instructions. I like this right here because Joseph needed an answer for what it was his life was experiencing and the challenge that he was in. But he was pondering so deeply, uh, watch this now, that the angel of the Lord has to put him to sleep. Go back with me in your mind's eye, Bible readers, to Luke's gospel. Remember when Mary gets the announcement, she sees a vision. Same angel that appeals to Mary now appears to Joseph. But Joseph is so distracted, he's not open to vision. He's got to be knocked out, put to sleep so the angel can give him a dream. 
Same angel, same messenger, two different messages. Let me pause right there because I was arrested by this, Pastor John. I hope you will too. It gave me a good window into heaven and the ministry of angels. The ministry of angels in the earth are assigned to do the bidding of God in the earth for the people of God who are on mission with God. Same angel assigned to the same family. He gives one message to Mary, gives the same message a different way to Joseph. Isn't that beautiful? Maybe it was just me. I was excited about that. What a picture of an angel's assignment. Could it be that there's an angel assigned to the Wilsons? And he can speak to Sharon because she's always listening. But when it comes to me, he's got to knock me down, put me out. Come on, talk to me. Okay, guys, sorry about that. I thought I'd share that. But isn't this amazing that Mary gets a vision, Joseph gets a dream. The two are different. In the dream, the angel now gives Joseph the message that this thing that God is doing inside of Mary is from God. I like this right here. I like this. It also teaches me that when God shows up and speaks to your life, you will know that the message is from God. When God shows up, and, and charges you to obey, the best thing to do, beloved, is to follow his word. Here it is, quick and cut across the field. God knows how to speak to you today in the midst of your challenge with what he has placed your life in. God knows how to get you to respond to his word. God knows who should bring you the message. God knows how to get you to hear the word from the Lord. Listen to what he says to Joseph. Joseph, don't be afraid. Phobeo in the Greek word. It's a command, right? Don't be afraid to take to you, marry your wife. You're not marrying the wrong girl. She did not cheat on you, right? Don't be afraid. God is trying to get Joseph to trust him with a new assignment. Oh, God. And this assignment is going to call for you, Joseph, to have to live like you never thought you'd have to live before. I'm going to put something before you and call you to serve me in a whole different way. God was trying to get Joseph to flee from fear, to trust in him, to be a man who could be on mission for God. God knew. He also knew here that Joseph was he was seeking and shrinking from a lack of knowledge. So God chose to reveal to him. I think it's interesting that God never really tells you the full story about assignments. Sometimes he just gives you a little bit of information. But here Joseph is so fearful, God says, if I don't give this boy the information, he's going to mess everything up. I like that. But he also knew this, I think. Brother Stephen, that Joseph would obey when he knew the will of God. He would do the right thing. And today, RCC, online, on land, God's got a word for you today. Have no fear. Everything he's doing in your life is according to his will. That doesn't always mean it's going to feel good. That doesn't always mean it's going to be easy or there won't be any bumps or struggles in the road. 
That's not what that means. What it means is what it means. God just wants you to have no fear as you decide to trust him, even in the challenging times in your life. Well, I got to leave you now. But the Bible gives him a word. Don't be afraid to take Mary, your fiance, to be your wife. And here's why she's going to bring forth a son, Joseph. And you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Wow. Here's what I learned. God's agenda was bigger than Joseph's and Mary's agenda. See, God did not need for, to get Joseph's permission to change, challenge, or charge him to obey him in the earth. He was focusing on his marriage that's for earth. You do know marriage is for earth. You spend more time in this world being single than you do married. And then when you leave here, you're single again in all of eternity. His focus on that ministry was for marriage. And God says, what I want to do for all of humanity is bigger than your little short seasons of marriage, Joseph. I'm going to give you the one who's going to be responsible for saving your sins, saving you from sins, rather, and giving you everlasting life. What a ministry assignment. God was giving Joseph an opportunity to participate in the plan of God to save men in the earth. God was at work, and Joseph was invited to see it up close. Let me say it this way. The will of God was to save men from sins, and Joseph was being invited by God. The will of God was for Mary and Joseph to have their lives altered by the work of the kingdom. Did you catch that? Joseph and Mary were being invited now into the alteration that God wanted to provide in their world. And that's what happens when you yield to the work of God in your life. There's a change. There's a challenge. And there's a charge. Well, I'm closing now. But can you imagine having the privilege to raise your Savior? Can you imagine having the privilege to watch the one who's going to give sight to the blind, hearing to the deaf, who's going to raise the dead, who's going to take your sins and die with them that you might be reconciled back in the right relationship with God. Emmanuel in your home. What a privilege. What a ministry. What an opportunity. This same Jesus they're raising is not only going to die on that old rugged cross outside the city of Jerusalem, but he's going to go into the, the grave, take the sting out of death and victory over the grave that Joseph and Mary might too also experience that miraculous power by entering into the dressing room of eternity, coming out on one side, brand new creatures with an eternal life. I'm glad today Joseph and Mary do the right thing. I'm glad today that Joseph decides he's going to obey the will of the Lord. Because of what he did, you and I can celebrate the advent of God today. 
Because of what he did, we can celebrate the great encounter that Mary and Joseph had. And what a joy to see them have access to heaven's hero. Jesus, again, was no ordinary baby. This was the logos of God. I'm through preaching now, but I want to have a moment of celebration. Will you let me do that, please? This is my black preacher moment. Can I have it? In the beginning was the word. The word was God. And the word was with God. In the beginning, the same, yeah, was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And that light shined in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. God had come down, and with this came the great advent. A great preacher of yesteryear once said, in the advent of God, Jesus' office is manifold. In the advent of God, his promise is sure. In the advent of God, his life is matchless. In the advent of God, his goodness is limitless. In the advent of God, his mercy is everlasting. In the advent of God, his love never changes. I'm feeling some kind of way right there. In the advent of God, his word is enough. In the advent of God, his grace is sufficient. In the advent of God, his reign is righteousness. In the advent of God, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. In the advent of God, he's indescribable, incomprehensible, invincible, irresistible. And the heavens cannot contain him, let alone men explain him. In the advent of God, you can't get him off your mind and you can't get him off your hand. You can't outlive him and you can't live without him. In the advent of God, you need a Savior who is the Christ, the Lord. Come, Lord Jesus. Your kingdom come. Your will be done forever and ever. And when you get through with all of the forevers, then forever and ever and ever let the church say amen let's give God some praise today <laughs> bow with me for a word of prayer family father God thank you so much for the God encounter thank you for the change the challenge and the charge Lord, may we be like Mary today and embrace our change. May we live our lives in such a way that we honor you and how we carry you throughout the world. May we be like Joseph today and deal with the challenges that are brought to us because we have embraced the Savior of the world. And may we hold fast to the charge that your word gives to us like the angel gave to Joseph and Mary. Lord, we come today now to worship you in this experience. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.